money is supposed to be utilized as a tool. tool. Exactly. So if you're getting money and spending money, you're not going anywhere. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because that's gone. You can't it's gone. Reinvest. You can't get it back. Yeah. It's gone. You have to. You have to be aware and intentional about where you're putting your money. Welcome back to another episode of the Black is Doing Rich podcast. And today we got a very special guest. And to be honest to me, she's a legend already at a young age. I'm not going to say her age, but I'm not going to keep talking because I want her to introduce herself. Hello, <laughs> I am. Thank you for the introduction. It's very kind. Um, I am Shanika, but I go by Shaq. A lot of people know me as Shaq. Trust, I, I didn't know that was your full name. I know. Right it, it's, it's funny because a lot of people don't know it's my real name. Mm. I've gone by Shaq since high school yeah and i started emulate emulating the stay humble and kind philosophy at that time oh, which wow. is what shack stands for wow. so yeah not a lot of people know my full name Jeez. but i'm trying to now make the two more uh connect yeah yeah so you want to use a, your full name i've more? got a no no, no oh no, i've got a professional pro portfolio and then shack is like my coaching true name yeah, it's my coaching persona. Even. Oh, okay. I would even go as far as to call it a persona. And so I don't mind being called either or. Okay. But I never use Shanika and I want to start using it more. Really? It's a beautiful name. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. But see, like, for example, that reminds me of Magic Johnson. His original name is Irving, but he, I think he legally actually changed it to Magic. Would you ever do that? I don't think so. <laughs> no. I actually thought about changing my name. Uh, in elementary school to Chino, which means happiness. And, and I think African Interesting. or something. Interesting. I wanted to be known as Chino. Yeah. But I don't think I'd change it to Shaq. I like being able to Distinct. switch back to Shanika. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So sorry not to cut you off, but um, you're introducing yourself. Can you let people know like what you do right now? Yes. So I currently am a business owner, investor, philanthropist, keynote speaker uh, and coach. I'm now stepping into the role as mentor, which has been interesting, mm. but those are the things that I do right now. I operate the largest youth mental and physical wellness facility in the country, and we are going and growing every day. Jeez, that's big time. Well, congrats on that. So I'm going to talk about what you're doing now, um, but before we talk about what you're doing now, can you give us a lead up from how you got to this person today? Hmm... Lots of trials and tribulations. Mm -hmm. I think that I became the person I am today through getting to know myself, like a lot mm. of self-development, a lot of self-awareness. Where did that start for you? Like after high school, after college, what were you doing? After college. That? After college. Yeah. Me too, to be like honest. Like during college, kind of, I started to wake up and mm -hmm. be like, wait a minute, I need to. Who am I? that's right. Like there's something bigger here mm -hmm. and what am I going to do with it and how am I going to do it? And I was always a varsity athlete too. Yeah. So it was like, I knew in the back of my mind that when I finished school, if I didn't go pro, I would need to do something. Yeah. And I always knew I didn't want to end up doing something I didn't love. Yeah. Me too. I'm the same thing. So what was like the, what was the first thing that you started like after college? Elite Academy Basketball. Yeah. Explain that. Um, what is that? So Elite Academy, it started off as a program. Um, it's a high performance program for basketball players. So yeah. we'll start there. It's a high performance program for basketball players. But the difference with that was I really wanted to cater to athletes 
off the court as well as on the court. Yeah. A lot of athletes struggle with depression and anxiety and really only know how to turn that off when they're participating in their sport. A hundred percent. So when starting that business, it was really to try to strengthen the minds of athletes. Mm -hmm. I had uh, a roommate in college who was the captain of the men's basketball team amazing athlete um and then he graduated and everything just went downhill like that was Jeez. it for him you know and i feel like that's a common story. it is a common that's thing a common thing for athletes 100 as soon as you're done you kind of you 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 struggle to find a new identity mm-hmm. outside of your sport especially when you were the captain or the, mm-hmm. the point guard because everything's MVP. performance based that's right mm-hmm. so so that was kind of my inspiration to starting that and that's where everything started mm-hmm. and then the mindset uh, yeah, I would say that. <laughs> okay, so right now you have a, correct me if I'm wrong, a 13,000 foot community center mm-hmm. named Shaq's World. Yep. Explain Shaq's that. World community yeah, center. explain that. Um, so Shaq's World Community Center, we opened the facility to tackle the underlying issues behind youth homelessness, um, addiction, and mental health. In the community that I live in, in Barrie, mm-hmm. homelessness, addiction, and mental health are running rampant. So. Yeah. And that hasn't changed at all since I was a kid because I grew up there and experienced the same things that some of the kids are experiencing now. So with opening that, I took Elite Academy as well as what I studied. I studied behavioral science in school and really tried to merge the two together. Yeah. And... And, and we opened Shaq's World. The the final push for Shaq's World, though, was in June 2020 when the George Floyd incident took place. Yeah. Um, in a community of predominantly white people, yeah. I felt it was very important for us to open a space where our black youth could walk in and see someone that was reflective of them in a position of power. Amazing. So That's so important. That's right. And, and during that time, kids were confused and they're getting told that Black people can only do this or only get this far or or we're only made for certain roles. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to smash that for them because especially during COVID, they were so vulnerable to social media, to what was going on globally, Mm -hmm. that I needed something at home to keep them grounded. That's Mm -hmm. right. To keep them grounded and to keep them looking up to positive role models, not just anyone, mm-hmm. not just scrolling TikTok and finding the first person they see to yeah. be their role model. Yeah, you they know? need an everyday media, physical. That's right. Social media is dangerous. So mm-hmm. we created that consistent space for them. And and now we're two and a half years in. Jeez, congrats. Thank you. It's It's crazy. It's crazy to see your vision come to life. And your name's on it. That part. <laughs> <laughs> and your name's on it. That's big times because I definitely it's a lot to carry, have to though. take a trip. It's a yeah? lot to carry. Uh, elaborate on that. So, so uh, like I said, my name is Shanika, but Shaq is what I'm known by, known as nationally. Yeah. I've traveled all over this province coaching. I've worked with organizations and businesses and corporations. And so I'm known as Shaq, Mm -hmm. which it's beautiful to, to be appreciated by so many people and know that I hold such a special place in the hearts of so many youth. Mm -hmm. But it also means that if something goes wrong, it's on Shaq. Yeah, it's on, yeah, it's yeah. on Shaq. Yeah. It doesn't it doesn't matter if Coach John over here yeah. did something wrong. It's on Shaq yeah. because it's Shaq's world, mm. right? So it takes a lot to 
build the team that understands how sensitive that could be because I'm not always at the facility. I'm yeah. not always on site. So I have to trust that that they realize how important our roles are and how important their role is to protecting the, the, name. the organization and mm-hmm. the name. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Do you find it's hard to, um, for your staff, do you find it's hard to always get people that care as much as you do or? Um, I don't think so. I think we are fortunate to be supported by a community of like-minded individuals. Amazing. So we are a privately owned facility that Mm -hmm. really runs on community. We depend on our community members and our businesses and organizations. So, oh, I forgot the question. Oh, do you find it hard um, to- That just dropped. Yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry. Do do you find it hard to uh, get people to care as much as you do? Uh, yeah, no, no, no. We, we're fortunate to have like-minded individuals around us. Um, I would say that the most difficult part for my staff is getting people to talk to them because oh, everyone wants, wants to, to talk, talk to, to you. Shaq. Yeah, 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 yeah. Everyone wants to talk to Shaq. And, and it's overwhelming sometimes because you can imagine I'm trying to run this nonprofit organization that I built out of heart work is what yeah. I call for my community. But I also run businesses and I need to be making right. myself money so yeah. that I can... Do, do this. this. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it becomes difficult because I have four staff members that don't have any luck mm-hmm. sometimes, sometimes, I won't say all the time, but don't have any luck getting through to people because they want to talk to Shaq. Yeah. If Shaq sends the email, it'll get done. Yeah. But if anyone else is asking, yeah, it's like... It's pulling teeth. It, yeah. <laughs> it's, it, it just doesn't happen. Yeah. So that would be... One of the more uh, challenges. Things. Yeah. Okay, cool. Balance and all that. So when we were talking, I was getting to know you. I was getting prepared for this episode. And one of the things that you said is you want to retire by 30. And the way you said it, it was like with so much like conviction that it it just, it sat with me for a couple of days. Cause I, a couple of days after I called you and be like, you know what? I want to make the episode about that because I, I just seen how serious you were and just getting to know you a, a little bit. I was like, you know what, let's, let's make the episode about retiring by 30. So can you elaborate, elaborate what that means to you? Of course. So I made the decision and, and you have to start with the decision. So I made the decision years ago, maybe when I was 21 yeah. that I wanted to live a comfortable life yeah, and that I wanted to retire by the time I was 30. And what does retire mean for you? It means I, it working is optional. Okay. You know, I don't see myself because I've built a life where everything I do, I love. Yeah. I don't see myself ever backing away from it and staying at home or, or leaving what I've built. Yeah. But I do want the option to show up if I if I if I yeah, want or go away if you want or to go away if I want. Yeah. I had 2022 was one of the best years that I've had. I was able to I have a solid staff that allows me to travel three times a year. Amazing. And I'm so I'm starting to kind of see where I'm going. But that doesn't mean I don't want to come back. Right. Yeah. So so to answer your question to me, retiring at 30 means that by the time I'm 30 years old, I'm comfortable and I'm living the life that I want to live. Mm-hmm. I'm living a life by my own design, you know? Mm, okay. And and it's 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 peaceful, it's tranquil, and it's living, mm-hmm. you know? There's there's that saying that's uh everybody 
everybody's alive but not everyone's living yeah i know that saying like yeah that. Not, not everyone yeah i know that everyone's it's, alive but not everyone lives yeah, or something like yeah. that and i think that that's true because mm-hmm. a lot of people spend their time just going through the motions so by the time i'm 30 i'm done with the motions yeah by the time i'm 30 i'm living yeah i'm doing what i want to do yeah and i can afford to do that i've granted myself the freedom to do that yeah right? so that's why i call it freedom 30 mm-hmm. because once i'm there I'm free. Yes, right absolutely. But that doesn't take away from the work that it takes now. So that the, means <laughs> literally I was just going to get into that because I feel like, you know, and not to sh- like shit on anyone or anything like that, but a lot of people just talk and they say, I want this and I want that. And I'm going to have this type of house and I'm going to have this type of life. But if you look at their everyday life and their everyday mindset, it doesn't really correlate with what they want. So what is your mindset and how are you correlating to like actually get there by 30? So I mentioned earlier about uh, self-development and self-awareness. And I think that that's something that is often overlooked when it comes to building anything. If you want to be a millionaire or if you want to just be comfortable, you have to be realistic with yourself. Mm -hmm. You have to be able to be aware about the goals that you're setting for yourself because a lot of people set themselves up for failure Mm -hmm. with the goals that they put out. Mm -hmm. So one, I'm very self-aware with the goals that I have. I shoot for the moon. Yeah. I, or what is it? I aim for the moon, shoot for the stars or shoot for the moon, aim for the stars. Yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) Whatever it is, that's, that's how I I tend to operate. But with that being said, I have grace with myself Mm -hmm. because I'm shooting for such high goals and I'm striving to be extraordinary. I don't want to be ordinary in this life. I want to be extraordinary. I want for when I'm gone that I've left my legacy behind Mm -hmm. and and I've touched so many people. Um, So, so that's what my mindset is. And there's a saying that I often say that is, um, I want to, it's not about the amount of material that we collect, but the amount of souls we we affect in this life. Mm, that's big. And that's how I feel. Yeah. So you have to be aware enough to set those goals and then be okay with not always getting to them right away. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And making sure that you're setting goals that are on par with where you're at. Like mm-hmm. you said, if you, if you're not willing to wake up at 5 AM every day, mm-hmm. then what are we doing? <laughs> what are you doing? Then you can't expect to manifest those goals. Right. So <laughs> it's just, it's just being aware of what goals you're setting for yourself 100%. and realizing what you can do and what you may need to work on before you can do it, you True. know, cause you can do whatever you want. There's just, there's steps, mm-hmm. there's steps. So you mentioned something important to me and I want to know further what you mean by it. Like you said, you give yourself grace. So for yeah. example, I'm an intense person. You can ask Damien, sometimes I just get crazy, yeah. right? And I just want it, I want it, I want it. He'd be like, yo, Corey, just chill out. <laughs> Please just chill out, right? And I'm like, no, F chilling out. Like I don't got gotta time. Gotta get it done. Yeah, yeah, I don't have time to chill out. So what do you have, like, what would you say, how do you give yourself grace? So... I had to learn very early in the game, very early in the game to give myself grace because when you're when you're shooting for the goals <laughs> and exactly when you're shooting for goals that 
the people around you can't see, Mm -hmm. you're the only person that can give yourself grace. (laughs) You're the only person because you know what you're trying to accomplish. Mm -hmm. So when I say I give myself grace, I'll I'll use 5 a.m. as an example, okay? okay? okay. So every day I wake up at 5 a.m. If I don't wake up at 5 a.m. one day, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be like, oh, you want that life and you can't even get up (laughs) like that's how you're feeling today i'm never like that i'm like okay maybe my body needed the rest okay i work hard okay so if i'm taking one day i'm that's that doesn't mean that i've given up or i failed Mm -hmm. it means i'm human yes so that's just an example of the grace that i give myself when i when i set a sales goal for myself Mm -hmm. that goal is there obviously because i want to reach it but usually the goal is outrageous yeah when i reach it i'm like hell yeah how did i do that okay let's go but if i don't i'm like oh i got so close are you kidding me yeah no one can tell me that i didn't work hard to do that yeah and i know what i'm capable of so i'm gonna give myself grace because i'm gonna try again yeah might not be tomorrow might not be next week but like i said i'm gonna take the steps so that when i try again i'm successful next time Mm mm-hmm and every opportunity is a learning opportunity. So you might as well show yourself grace. Look back at what you learned or what you did during the time because everything's an experience. Yeah. Take from it and grow. Mm, okay. You can't you can't beat yourself up for too long. Okay, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take that advice because I get sometimes I get hard on myself. Like it's easy to get hard on yourself, mm. be, especially in today's day when everyone's comparing themselves. Yeah. You'd be surprised how many people patronize me because of my car yeah like what do you mean like why so what's i i have i have my i have a i have a dream i have my dream car i got my dream car yeah and uh what is people oh i have a tesla oh okay nice so i have a model three yeah and i love my car yeah but people don't see that as a as a piece of hard work as oh she worked hard for that she Uh must have did it's more there's more comments like Oh, well, you don't have to pay for gas, so you can't be a part of this conversation. Oh, you know, like just like yeah, side things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's backhand comments. It's backhanded compliments, but they don't understand that they're doing it yeah. because they're at a different frequency. Frequency. Uh-huh. So, yeah. <laughs> it, I started that sentence because I had a point, but yeah, they're at a different frequency. So you can't you can't communicate with people like that. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, you, yeah. there's no point talking to people like that about what you're even trying to accomplish. So would you say like, do you protect your dreams by not saying them to everybody or? Oh you, yeah. Oh yeah. You just keep it humble and keep it to yourself. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, share it with your team. Yeah, if you're, if you're serious about making it happen yeah. and you have a team, share it with your team, cool. but nobody will outside of my team will know what we're working on until yes. it drops same, same, you know same, until, same. until it's almost ready that's right yeah. that's right but there's no need you uh-huh. know because again frequency yeah if you think about energy you don't want someone else's energy to taint what you're trying to create yeah people like i said with the backhanded compliments people most times don't understand how detrimental their comp their their uh, comments are yeah especially with someone who's trying to build something or someone with a vision yeah it only takes one dream killer to stop you everything literally for to make you second guess everything okay jeez okay so on six buzz something came out about um the average retirement savings people are going to need is 1.7 million so you want to do it by 30. Can you elaborate on that? 
Yes. So like what you're going to need. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> so to retire at 30, I mean, the, the obvious one is multiple streams of income. Yes. That's the I'm obvious gonna go one. Into, yeah. yeah. Um, the second one is discipline. Okay. So one of the things that I really had to do to start my process yeah. was reevaluate my relationship with money okay. and what money is and how it's used. Okay. So that you can, can we give a ballpark number on of what course. that, that oh, would I'm look gonna, like? Oh, I'm going to get oh, it. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I just, because <laughs> before I say the number, yeah. I want everyone to realize that it is a process. Okay. Okay. So if you want to retire in the next four to five years yeah. comfortably, you'll need at least $15 million cash flow. Yeah. And you'll need to own a property. Okay. Or maybe two. Okay. And that's just so just, that you. And one or two and plus other stuff. Yeah. Well, okay. well. We're One or two properties, it. yeah, fifteen million dollars, yeah, you're comfortable. Okay, you can retire. Okay, and that is including inflation and rates going up. Mm-hmm. And if you think about thirty years ago, pandemics. Yeah, you think about thirty years ago, a hundred thousand dollars is a million dollars now. Jeez, right, just thirty years ago. So you have to think about things are just getting more and more expensive. So. Yeah. When you hear $15 million, sounds like a lot yeah. until you hit a million dollars and you realize a million dollars is not that much money. Yeah. So you have to, but that those are the numbers. Okay. Jeez. So let's get into the multiple streams of income. Can we get into like, not, yeah. What, like, what are you doing and what are your multiple streams of income? And then how did you get into them and how are you positioning, positioning them today to get to that retirement goal? So right now I have three companies in a nonprofit. Okay. So it's four streams, but I've got three streams that are going to be coming out this year. Okay. Um, to position myself, one stream is just put away, you okay. know, once one stream like it of makes my cash flow or yep. One stream is just passive income. Okay. So the passive income is what you just Put to the side. Okay. You don't want to. Can we get into that business? Like what it is? Yeah. 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 What, so, what is that one? I'm going to get into yeah, it. I want to get into it. So, so I want um, people in- to know that this is an attainable and realistic. Yeah. And okay. If she says, oh, it's through this type of real estate or this type of move. I'm like, okay, well, I think I can do that too. So that's why I'm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so my, the, the company that I'm referring to in particular right now is called Edwards and co consulting. So I started an insurance brokerage when I was 21 years old and it didn't start off a brokerage. I was an independent agent and I realized that if I really wanted to maximize on the knowledge and the industry that I needed to build a team. And if I, if I wanted to create the residual income Mm -hmm. that I wanted, I'd need to build something larger than just being an independent. Yeah. So right now I work with individuals that have a collective of a a collective shared experience about 40 years in the industry. Wow. And so we've built this up to a a six figure company that operates by itself. Yeah. It is in the ind- it, the insurance industry, so I focus on health insurance, life insurance, disability. Yeah. I I said to you, I don't really like selling life insurance yeah. because I feel like I want to help people while they're alive. I yeah. want to bring smiles to people's faces during times of 
despair, you mm-hmm. know? So you've been injured to a point where your life has changed forever. I want to show up and, and lift you up and, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and help you there. I don't, I don't really want to work with dead people. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's, that's one thing that building that team changed the game for me in the insurance industry, because yeah. now you don't have a cap on the amount of income you make mm. when you're in sales you are the driver, yeah. you know, you are the pilot of your own life in yeah. sales. Yeah. So now there's no cap. Now with residual income and you get into something like life insurance, it never goes away. Yeah. Your residual income. So you're will getting continue. the residual off of the packages that you guys sell. So yeah. and you get the packages off you sell and the packages off your team sells. Yep. Yeah. And that's all coming as passively. Yep. Yeah. And wow. that's and that's residual. So you have a baseline now, yes. right? So if your residual income after two years of working in the industry is a thousand dollars, then you know that every month, yeah, if you sit on your ass or not, yeah, you're getting a thousand dollars. I mean, I wouldn't recommend sitting on your ass. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you know that your residual income is there. And so if you can build streams like that, yeah, multiple, yeah your money's working for, for you. you. Like everything's doing everything. And that's everybody's getting more clients and closing and more deals. And then it grows and it grows and it grows. And actually, I was just talking about this. I'll drop it on here, yeah. but I have an opportunity right now because I'd like to expand. So if there's if there is anyone out there that's interested in sales, I have the opportunity right now to pay up to $40,000 to train you. Yeah. So join me, yeah. I'll train you, get you into this. Yeah. And you can start to build your own portfolio. You can start to build your own residual income. So uh, talk to me about the structure. So for Mm -hmm. example, do the people that work for you have their own teams as well or no? So it's not an M it's not an MLM thing. That's it's not like that. It's more, if you think about, how do I explain this? I don't take a percentage of anyone's sales. Oh, so yeah. So then, how, explain. No, to me. it's it's oh, in the, the client. That's right. In the in in the industry, you choose from hundreds of thousands of different providers. Yeah. So of those, when you make a sale, you get that resi- You get that income. Oh, okay, okay. So whoever I work with, they get their own income. But because I'm a brokerage, yeah, I'm entitled to the percentage. A percentage of that. Okay. So I'm not taking, f- but it doesn't come from their pay. It comes yeah. from. The, the, the cost of the package. Okay. So okay, I'm never taking from. Okay, that's sick. Yeah, we're, we. It's not an MLM thing. It's it's a teamwork thing. Yeah, but it's not MLM. And so, do the people that work for you? Do they get the residual? Yep. They get it too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so they're making Any, passive income too. That's right. That's it's it's and 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 as long as you're willing to do the work. Yeah. Like I said, there's no cap on the amount of money you can make. Yeah. I remember my first week. When things really hit me and I realized what I got myself into, I was 22 years old yeah. and I went and I drove eight hours away to this small town because I'm like, in small towns, they're doing dangerous things all the time. Yeah. <laughs> These guys are dirt biking. Yeah. These guys are in the forest. So I'm like, let me go there. I packed my car up with my little dog. Yeah. We drove eight hours away to this town and I made $15,000 that week. Just by talking First to people. Week. Just just talking to people, making sales, letting them know how I can help them now. Yeah. Not because you're not doing the life insurance thing. Mm-hmm. You're doing the I can living help you benefits. Now. Yeah. 
so so that's your kicker yeah 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 and because most people are selling life insurance like oh you got to be worried about when you die when you die and how's how you can take care of your family and this i sell peace of mind you know and and one of the things that i say to my clients is that your mental wealth is my priority so if you go out and you get into a car accident yeah you don't have to worry about, oh, I have to take this time off work. Where am I? I have to wait months for my insurance to pay out. I need, we pay you now, you mm. know? So it alleviates that stress. I want you to have peace of mind because with the way our society is, we're already stressed about so many things. Yeah. The last thing you should be stressed about is where you're going to get money from if you break your arm or break your leg. Yeah. Okay. Makes sense. Because a lot of people have to take time off work. Mm-hmm. if they break something okay gee so that's one stream of income yeah. <laughs> that's one um can we get i think you did say what the three of the other three are non-profits no 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 only one's my non-profit so okay. shacks world is my non-profit and so then what are the other two if you don't mind getting into that so i have a uh so elite academy basketball that's another still one of going. my businesses yeah okay. so it is still going and it still um, generates Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, sick. We're actually we're, we're getting bigger because we're working with partnerships now, right? Yeah. So Oh, excuse me. So one of the things that I think people overlook too is you have to build relationships. Okay. It it, it there's no way around it. If you'd like to grow, you have to collaborate and build relationships with the people that are going to get you to where you're trying to be. Okay. So Elite Academy is still going. We're partnering with different organizations and groups in order to make us bigger. Mm-hmm. And then in turn, my business just gets bigger. Mm-hmm. And that's something that's something that I love. Like I I love training athletes. Yeah. I love basketball. Yeah. So that business, it's so easy for me to work every day because yeah. the people I'm talking to are, are talking about things that I love. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. then the people that feel the passion they're in we're locked in yeah and now these kids are part of an environment that you can't duplicate but then we're also propelling them towards a success that they want to see and it's now i've got a business that's a family Mm. and that will never go anywhere and it doesn't feel like work and it doesn't feel like work Jeez, and that's another stream of income that's another stream Jeez. okay so then what's your fourth (laughs) <laughs> so, so I also have a, a clothing line, okay, which is the Shacks World. Yeah, we okay. have Shacks World clothing, and and that stream is solely to fund some of the things at the facility. So oh, oh, I think I mentioned to you that our clothing, when I when people buy a Shacks World sweater, I want them to feel like they're a part of a community. Okay, that they're that they're a part of something bigger than themselves. Okay, so. We sell those, we sell that clothing and I use that stream directly to the nonprofit because it's a nonprofit and we always need money. <laughs> oh, okay. So what I'm hearing, what I'm kind of understanding now with all your streams of income, there's a distinct purpose on where Every this mon- one. money funnels. Mm-hmm. So you have your 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 brokerage mm-hmm. that funnels that just makes that's money. just residual that pays for my car yeah okay that's so let's say that so t- every month i know i'm good yes yeah, that pays for your car then you have which i would really recommend what you- if you could get yourself into something that makes you residual income and then you purchase something like a new car make sure that it's with that residual yeah, you know okay. you've already worked for that money that money True. you're not working every month to pay that bill yeah. you earned that 
Okay. You know, so it's okay. a little bit different than paying when out you're paying hard a car work, yeah, yeah. every month. Now you can say, I worked hard enough and I built up enough residual yeah. to treat myself and not even have to worry about treating it. Mm. It's just there. So, and it's a write-off. And it's a write-off. Makes sense. <laughs> like, <laughs> makes sense. come on, yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> makes sense. Makes sense. So the insurance pays for the car and then the Shaq's World clothing pay funds... The nonprofit. The nonprofit and the and EAB I continue to reinvest in. And that reinvests in all the businesses. And so now you have a cert everything is I would say that a majority gets reinvested every okay. time. Can you give me a percentage? Because this is the thing that I'm trying yeah. to figure out now because I'm literally with anything that we make uh with this podcast through the merch or what have you and like the things that are gonna come mm -hmm. out. I'm always thinking about reinvesting, reinvesting. Mm. How do you pay yourself? So with EAB, I would say I reinvest about 80%. Uh, that 80% is of the, the overall revenue generated, yes. we go towards making sure that the program is better than the year before. Okay. There's a, Or making sure that the athletes are having the best experience, okay. right? So you, you're constantly reinvesting to give yourself a facelift, whatever. Yeah. So that's- 80%. 80%. Okay. You can pay yourself 20, the 80 20 rule. Okay. Have okay. you heard of the 80 20? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you want to pay yourself less, but also what are you doing with the money you're paying yourself with? When you have multiple businesses, yeah. there's the opportunity to constant, you can spend money without spending money. Explain and I, that, elaborate. And I think that I'm not a tax guru, okay? Yeah. <laughs> I got an accountant for this. Yeah. But when you have multiple, multiple businesses almost everything you do is a write-off okay go out for lunch is a write-off yeah drive your car it's a write-off yeah you have a home office it's a write-off yeah so what are you doing with the extra money that you're paying yourself like me for instance i put it in a tfsa because okay. realistically i don't need any money yeah i can live off of your, like your tax my, yeah you know what i mean like i don't need to take for myself really and i just need to put it away yeah where that's what I think people need to understand. Understand, Yeah, you could be making a million dollars a year, but that million dollars doesn't go far if you're spending a million dollars a year. True, true. So what are you reinvesting? Okay. So that next year you're worth $1.3 billion or a yeah. million dollars. Yeah. And then you can take that 0.3 that you just earned. Yeah, and reinvest. And reinvest. Uh, so it's sense. like there you're constantly growing each business and, and this is my method only because I want to retire at 30. Yes. If you want to ball out, yeah. ball out. Yeah. You know? So you're still very strict with I'm your- I'm very frugal. Yeah, with your- I'm the minimal millionaire, okay? <laughs> yeah. Like, no, I'm very frugal. Like, I mean, my friends might not agree because I treat myself and I'm never going to lie about that. But yeah. that's also because I work so hard and I it. don't- let me tell you a story. Yeah. <laughs> when I first started my insurance company, I never got my nails done. Like I never got my nails done yeah. because I said I need to work hard enough to deserve getting my nails done before I go and spend this money every week. So yeah. if I have short, plain nails, yeah. that's how it's going to be until I'm making enough where I feel like you deserve it. I can go get nails without it being performative or without mm. it being me going out of my way for something. Okay. And so now I get my nails done every other week, mm -hmm. but I didn't 
you know, you have to make those sacrifices. You have to sacrifice and you have to, you have to know where you're going. Right. Cause back then nails were not my first priority. Yeah. Like, yes, people were like, you're an insurance agent. You need to figure those hands out. <laughs> you need to do something about that. But I'm like, it's not the right time. Yeah. It's not the right time. Once I get to a place where nails don't change my outputs, exactly my output, I will get my, I will get nails. Mm. And now I get my nails done all the time. Yeah. Okay. So then talk about like you mentioned that you put a, a reserve of money in TSFA. Do you have properties as well? Like how does that work? Are you, what's your portfolio now look like um, in terms of generating wealth? So I do have my TFSAs. I also do a lot of investing. Mm -hmm. I'm, I just recently started investing in startups and doing mentoring. Okay. Um, but mostly I just put it away. I would like to buy a property. Yeah. Um, I was going to buy a property two years ago, but it's just the market's, the market's been a little off right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and also, off. so it's, it's funny that you bring this up because this is something that I'm battling with right now because I can buy a house right now. Yeah. But I want a specific house. Like I, my vision for myself. Do you want a primary residence? Okay. So okay. <laughs> okay. My vision for myself is that I buy this $2 million lake house Yeah, and I made it, you know, like I'm back in my lake house and I would feel like I accomplished something. Mm -hmm. But also I'm like, I could put $2 million into a duplex, yes. into a triplex. Yes. In a multifamily, into, yeah. you know, and, and that would help my portfolio, but it would set me back, yeah. you know, but I'm yeah. like, but then I don't have a house. Yeah. But what's going to be what's the give that's right what's gonna what's gonna pay off what's gonna which looking nice in my multi-million dollar mansion mm -hmm. which i'm not gonna invite anyone to because yeah. i don't invite people to my house yeah. so you guys can see it from instagram yeah. <laughs> or buy this property have it pay for cash itself mm -hmm. have some extra cash flow but still rent somewhere mm. right so like there's all of these decisions to make when you get to a certain point. I actually think you made your decision already. I did. Yeah. I did. But but I'm t but this is these are the battles that I go back and yeah. forth with because prior to making that decision, I had my realtor out there. Yeah. I was like, "No, I'm doing it. You know what? I don't want to rent anymore. Mm -hmm. I don't want to rent anymore." Mm -hmm. But realistically, it's cheaper. Yeah. I could buy something and put a family in it. And I just don't think it makes sense for mm -mm. your type of goals nope. um doing a primary residence. It be it doesn't. Because I was actually just listening to a podcast yesterday and they said, you know, one of the uh, guests on the podcast was saying his first decision was to buy a multifamily unit. And he didn't know what he was doing, but he just knew he had to do that. And he it, like he he made the right move. Mm -hmm. Right. And so it goes back to me even thinking about we had a guest on the show. He's from Manitoba. Right. And Manitoba's housing prices are good so for example a two-bedroom condo is like 170k yeah so i don't want yeah 170k and he was like with your five write that down yeah <laughs> no go watch go back and watch the episode actually i'll connect you two after to okay. be honest and he's like the five percent you can do five percent that's about eight grand mm -hmm. and uh your mortgage payments are 700 a month that's wow so i want to say like what do you even think about that about starting your real estate journey 
elsewhere, elsewhere yeah in canada i've thought about that mm-hmm. there's there's so many places even uh i had the opportunity to buy a duplex in sault saint marie oh yeah i used to fall out there yeah mm-hmm. and and so there's plenty of opportunity but then you run the risk and and this is just me yeah i run the risk of having a property somewhere i can't visit or i can't take yeah, care of and happens. then if something happens now i got to find my way to manitoba to make sure yes everything's okay actually, I, I, sorry not to cut you off i seen someone actually bring that up on the internet he's from here and he was like stop like going to the calgaries and like you know getting your first, like properties out there it's because tough. if something happens then you have what have to fly out there his strategy was like how about you team up with someone and still get your ontario places that are more closer so what do you mm-hmm. even think about that yeah that's so that's that's where I am now. So now I've got a group of us have come together and we're starting to invest in properties so that we can build our portfolio of properties. And that is the way, that was the way we see our portfolio and our wealth growing the fastest. Okay. Is multiple people coming together, purchasing properties, but not only that, it's each of you purchasing a property. So okay. you can take advantage of the, the first time What do you mean by the buyer. each? You, so if you come also, together with a collective of your friends and you guys create a business, so yeah. now we're a business, another okay. business, okay? This yeah. is another business. So <laughs> now we're a business where we own properties. That's your business? That's the business. Okay. And that's between me and my partners, Okay. right? So if I purchase the first house. That's your five. That's That's my five. Yeah. They purchase a house. That's their that's five. Their five. Oh, smart. They purchase, that's their five. Smart. Right? But we're all under the same umbrella. So now all three of those properties are our properties. Yes. But we've just taken advantage of the system three times. Okay. So um, that goes to another question. And I'm not a professional. Oh, okay? okay. So hopefully I'm explaining it correctly, but that's, okay. that's where we're headed. Fair. What type of conversations are you guys having for an exit strategy when it comes to that? Well, you have to have contracts to begin with. Of course. Yeah. So like, are you guys talking about, okay, five years, we'll have an option of selling or 20, like what's your, what's your personal one? Yeah. So we have in five years, you can either be bought out Mm -hmm. or we can take whatever we've accumulated and buy another property. Okay. So we can continue to grow the portfolio. Or if at that point you want to take your one house and Mm -hmm. then you can do that. But the idea is that you never buy out and we continue to get bigger. don't. (laughs) <laughs> I don't. Yeah. you put your money in and it keeps getting bigger and bigger until we're buying apartment buildings yes and then we're buying condos and you're the developer okay and that's that's what one of my mentors did so i'm like i'm watching and i'm learning and and i think that's important too when you want to get somewhere fast yeah put yourself in a room with the people that are doing it yeah stop listening to the people that are not doing not it. doing it yeah so are these people that you're teaming up with for the real estate aspect, are these friends and family or how you mean these people? What type of conversations are you having? Because I think that's important for us to know. Huge, yeah. So the people that I am working with, they're different. I would say they're a little bit of a different caliber because they're people that are like serial investors. Oh, like, okay. So you know, you're getting the game right yeah, now. Yeah, <laughs> we're playing the game, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. So the conversation started with, okay, there's, we found out, and I don't know if this is information that everyone's known forever, but we found out that if you purchase a, a legal duplex, you save 25% on the mortgage. Okay, wow. So 20 or 25. So we were like, 
well, then why don't why don't we get a duplex? One of us stay in it, yeah, and then rent the other part out. Like that makes mm. the most sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the house that we looked at was a six bedroom, and oh. we live in a town that is a college town. Yeah. Oh, that's easy to fill up. So we were like, okay, maybe this is where we start. We have one of us living on site because there was like this little. Uh, studio and then there was four bedrooms and then there was a three bedroom apartment or a two bedroom apartment yeah so it would have worked out but that's where the conversation started and then we started really thinking about the logistics okay who's gonna buy the house who's how are we gonna split up the down payment Uh, how are you gonna buy out if you if you want out when are you gonna buy it when you want because once you get into these kind of decisions this has to be cut clear it has to be because it's one thing to talk change with your friends, but yeah. once you get into properties and you're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars, sometimes yeah. millions, yeah. you have to have everything in black and white. And so it, it may feel offensive at first that people are like- Contracts. Yeah, but it's worst case scenario. If something happens, worst case scenario, yeah. what's the best outcome for all of us? That's okay. where you start. So it actually reminds me, we had a business lawyer on the show months ago and he said contracts are actually a form of respect a hundred percent and that's how i feel yeah that's how i feel too now especially like i just don't do anything without a contract because it's what you know what's my responsibility your responsibility it's right here yeah there's no gray area to this and i think that that's good business yeah it is being good. able to hold your integrity and your commitment and your commitment is huge and Again, if you're trying to go far fast, you need to be able to keep your word. Yeah. We said earlier, people like talking. Yeah. I don't like talking. Yeah. I don't talk. Yeah. I'm so glad that yeah. we're having this conversation. Yeah, yeah. But I don't talk. Yeah. You said that the first time. Yeah. We met, I said, you like, need to talk. Wow. You're like, this is my first time hearing you talk. I'm <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, because I don't talk. Yeah. I like to just do. Yeah. If you are, if you want to know what I'm up to, go look. Yeah. Like, you can see everything. I'm not a social media. I'm not hiding behind anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But People need to. Mm, so f- when it comes to investing with friends or people, investors, always have your contract, right? And understand the escape plan. And start with the escape plan. Start with it first. and Because nobody know, ever thinks it's going to go wrong. Yeah, until exactly. Until it goes wrong. And you just mentioned uh, something that I'm interested about. You said um, it depends on what people, what type of down payment that people are paying so everyone's down payment doesn't have to be the same no yeah so you could buy in so if the down payment so i'll use this example yeah we had one of us that had just sold a house yeah he just sold a house out in wherever so he's like i'm gonna put this three hundred thousand dollars down on the house and then you guys just get the mortgage like okay what does that mean exactly then (laughs) <laughs> so you want me to get a three, $300,000 mortgage, them to get a $300,000 mortgage, you put $300,000 down, doesn't make sense. Yeah, yeah. Right? I but people get excited because yeah. you're like, oh, I got all this money. What are we going to do? Yeah. So it's first you try to hash out where, what are we going to do with this cash? Yeah. Because we have cash now. If, if that's what we're, if that's the way we're going in, we have capital. So we not, now we need to f- figure out if you're putting 300,000, are you expecting me to match that? Mm-hmm. Or in five years, are you taking that plus what you're putting in? We need to figure that out. Okay. So we figured that out and through research and conversations with lawyers and realtors, 
that was just a dumb idea. Yeah. yeah. It's like, what the hell? You put $300,000 of cash into a house. Yeah. For? You can just spread break it, out. it up. Yeah. Break it up. Yeah. Come yeah. on, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. One plus one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but again, you don't know. And I'm not familiar with that space, with the real estate space. Yeah. So you go in with money. And so then you figure it out and we figured it out. So we're not going to use the whole 300 for 300 one spot. For one, no, because yeah. it doesn't make sense. Yeah. What makes sense is to do what we just spoke about and yeah. get five each, spots. <laughs> yes. Invest in one under our umbrella. Yeah. And then all of those are residual. And again, those are just reinvesting. Like it's not like one of the properties I'm going to take the extra that we get from the rent. Because you guys have the, the, the business, business umbrella. It's in the business. Yes. So repairs, renovations, someone yeah. misses rent, all of those things. It's yeah. not, it's not, oh, they have three or four houses and they're just collecting yeah. and they're living. It's not like that. And I think people, this is where you have to reevaluate what money is to you. Mm. Money is supposed to be utilized as a tool. tool. Exactly. So if you're getting money and spending money, you're not going anywhere. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because that's gone. You can't it's gone. You can't get it back. Yeah. It's gone. You have to you have to be aware and intentional about where you're putting your money. Mm -hmm. Because even, even something like Starbucks, mm -hmm. okay? <laughs> I used to love Starbucks. Yeah. And until my accountant was like, you need to stop going to Starbucks. And I was like, why? Yeah. I'm there once a day. Yeah. I get my drink, my favorite drink, yeah. and I move on. He's like, you spend $400 a month on Starbucks. Four bills, yeah. The way I choked, yeah. I was like, oh my goodness. Yeah. But people don't pay attention to those things. So you have to be intentional about where you're putting your, your money because $400 burns a hole in some people's pocket. Yeah. I don't know how I was doing that. Yeah. But it's the reality. Eating out going out with your friends how yeah. much are you spending on those things yeah. and how much of those can you cut out to just put away yeah because now i'm saving 400 a month yeah 100 and that's reinvesting in that's your empire that's right and it's just going to keep doing its own thing okay so for the person that's listening right now that mm -hmm. has maybe let's say ten thousand dollars right and they want to start to make a move and a change in their financial their finance their finances mm -hmm. what advice do you have for them with only $10,000? First of all, I always recommend that you figure out your why. Mm. Why you have this $10,000, that's great. If you want to start a business, why? Mm -hmm. What is the business? Mm -hmm. Start with the why, okay. okay? Okay. Then once you figure out your why, try to put that $10,000 to work for you doing something you love. Okay. Can you give an example? Of course. I can. <laughs> of course I can. So a lot of people are interested in fashion. Okay. Why do you like fashion? I could give an example and say, um, I'm really passionate about fashion because maybe it spoke to me when I was a kid. And now growing up, I don't think I'll lose that fire for passion. I don't think I'll ever get tired of creating new logos and new types of clothing and, and really, really harnessing my creativity for the rest of my life. Okay. I think I could do that. Okay. So now you work backwards. What do you need to do that? Start the steps. I wish I had like a <laughs> thing. I usually do a visual, but figure those steps out because like I said, when you have a chunk of money, it's easy to want to do everything, but yeah. you really want to make sure that if you're fortunate enough to have $10,000 to put into your business, you're 
you know why you're starting that business because mm-hmm. it'll fail uh-huh. if you don't have a why it'll fail okay okay and so that's the first thing first thing is there a second or just get that first get the why work backwards so what is it that you're trying to accomplish mm-hmm. I, I i don't i don't know if you can tell but i don't like spending money <laughs> i don't like spending money but yeah. if you're gonna spend it make sure that you put enough time and thought into why what you're, you're spending, spending it and why you're spending it is every purchase yes. intentional for yes. you even when it comes to dinners yes 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 <laughs> yeah yes <laughs> i don't i don't waste money yeah. outside if i if i can't write it off i'm probably not going to do it like really? you'll almost never catch me at a club yeah, almost, me almost never. Me maybe, you know, maybe, but you'll almost never catch me at a club. Yeah. You'll never catch me out gallivanting. You will always see me at conferences. Yeah. At keynotes mm-hmm. in the community mm-hmm. because that is where you'll see the biggest reinvestment in yourself mm-hmm. and in the people around Makes you. Makes sense. Makes sense. I'm not going to make any money at the club. Yeah. I'm not working that kind of life. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I make my money being with people. Yeah. Going out with people. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. So another thing too, you have so many different business endeavors. How do you split your time? <sighs> <laughs> Well, I recently hired an executive assistant, okay. which has really changed my life. And what do they do exactly? Oh, man. Everything? I have, yeah. <laughs> like, she schedules my meetings. She sorts my emails. Mm-hmm. She just makes sure that everything that I've got going on in a day is organized. Okay. Because one of the things that I struggled with yeah. was time management mm-hmm. and trying to figure out how I could get everything in in a day. Mm-hmm. But now I time block. Okay. So I said, to, I think uh, we talked about this a little bit. I'm trying to set up my week now yeah. where my first two days of the week are dedicated to those two businesses. Okay. And then this day is dedicated to this business. That way I can have intentional focused. I can be intentional and focused on what I'm trying to. One thing at a time. Accomplish. Yes. Because I've been told a million times that although I think I'm good at multitasking, mm-hmm. no one's good at multitasking. Yeah. You gotta do one do thing. It. Yeah. It's actually not even a thing, thing to be honest. No, because uh, the visual that pops into my head with multitasking now is like when you're flipping through browsers. Yeah, I saw uh, there was there was a video that I watched and that's what they described it as. All these programs may be running at the same time, but if you want to use one, you've got to open it uh, for uh, it to, open one. to optimize. Yeah, it. exactly. Otherwise, there's just screens everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's kind of the way I visualize that now and try to make sure that one screen's open at a time. Mm-hmm. If I'm working on Shaq's World stuff, I'm working on Shaq's World mm-hmm. stuff. And that also goes hand in hand with your environment. True. So if I'm working on Shaq's World stuff, chances are I'm working on it at Shaq's World. Yeah, okay. If I'm working on Edwards & Co stuff, chances are I'm working at my home office. Okay. You know, the environment that you create to get into your creative space yeah. is really important. Oh, that's it. Yeah, I'm going to take that one. To yeah, be you, it's really important because... If you think about people that eat in their bedroom, watch TV in their bedroom, do everything, everything in their bedroom, it's hard to even sleep because your brain's like 
oh, I got to do this. What am I doing here? Yeah, you're like, yeah. oh, you're trying to sleep. We usually watch TV here. Yeah. Oh, you're trying to read. Oh, but we're usually on our phones here. Like yeah. your brain really does pick up on these things. Yeah. So it's important that you do the right things. Yeah. It's a, it's a, Interesting how you said assistant because eventually I do want to get an assistant because I feel like for the amount of people that reach out and sometimes it gets a little draining. Yeah. yeah, it's overwhelming and I just need someone to like just constantly answer those messages so I can at least vet them before they kind of before I speak to them, you know. Mm -hmm. So I definitely want to get there. What advice do you have for the person just starting a, a business? Like, is that a far thing that you worry about getting an assistant? I would say so. And the only reason I say that you shouldn't be getting an assistant until you get to a point where you literally can't do it mm -hmm. anymore mm -hmm. is I learned everything that I know through doing it. Okay. So another saying coming your way, but <laughs> there's a saying that the CEO needs to know how to play every position. hundred percent. I agree. So learn to play all of the positions okay. and play them well before you start handing them off to people. Okay. Because you know your business better than anyone. Okay. So if you know every position in your business, you will not fail. Okay. But if you start outsourcing too soon. That's how you get taken advantage of too, That's right? right. You start outsourcing too soon and things just. Get too get, confusing. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about frequencies and environment and your circle. Because I, I believe... Uh, to be successful, you have to operate on a your highest frequency or a mm -hmm. high frequency. Now and we're talking. <laughs> now we're talking. Okay. And, and <laughs>